Welcome to Women Who Tell You Guys. Our guest today, Paige Wesley. Hi. And Paige is kind of a kind of a big deal. <laughs> Not really. In the murder world. <laughs> yeah, sure. In in the murder and in cult the murder world. podcast world. Uh, <laughs> you have a podcast called a cult podcast. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Surprisingly, no one had cult podcasts. I know. I know. It was it was magical. Uh, yeah, no one had it yet, and we like joked about it forever where we were like no we should definitely call it something different uh-huh. and then just no one had it like we kept like we bought domains <laughs> we got all the social media yeah, po- cultpodcast.com we have cultpodcastshow.com okay yeah so we have cultpodcast show but then we also have cult podcast on twitter instagram okay. every like it was so available it was hilarious uh-huh. and there were many cult podcasts out already and i was like none of you took this like Uh why so we lucked out that's funny when i was looking looking up uh trying to see if anyone had done this show um i noticed that there's a women who kill that's a comedy that's just comedy yeah Yeah. it's just ladies doing funny comedy there's a book too uh, yeah a, a book um there was a movie yeah, it's a documentary that, about female comedians, I believe. Yeah, and then there's another movie, a fiction fictionalized movie about about uh, I think there's women doing a podcast about serial killers. I mean, in this movie, I didn't find out about this until after that, but I'm really? like, oh, they should have they should have uh, started the podcast on <laughs> iTunes then and bought right? the domain. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? I feel like if you ever create a fake podcast in a movie or TV, yeah. you should you should record a couple fake episodes. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to look and see if Shrill has talking Traz up. Oh. But like, I would first of all totally listen to that. So sm- that would be smart. Yeah. Promo. Yeah. It'd be amazing. I I mean, the second they said it, I was like, "Why isn't there an Alcatraz podcast? Uh-huh. And where can I listen to one?" Like immediately. <laughs> I like that it portrays like uh, like fat people as real people, yes, and like um, oh, black people who aren't like super super skinny looking supermodels yes. as real people. Because like I whenever you see people of color and uh, on TV, yeah. they're always like super. They look like fucking models. I know, and it's like okay, normal people of color exist too. Yeah, I mean. Uh, we're better looking than everyone else, but we don't all look like we supermodels. We don't age, yeah. and we have all of the spices, but... <laughs> but um, I, I don't appreciate how it paints everyone who has a podcast. Oh, as, yeah. As no, I watched it. I was like, hey, we use a table. <laughs> like, they're just like holding the mic. Yeah. At one point, they have the mic taped to a desk lamp, uh-huh. and a bunch of our followers like sent that picture to us and they were like hilarious and i was like no 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 in the early days when we didn't know what we were doing this was not far off <laughs> but now so we paid a lot of money for mike stands uh-huh. <laughs> uh so today we're gonna be talking about uh is bell gunness is it gunness is it gunness uh, uh, i've heard multiple versions gunness i think is our americanized version but uh-huh. it, uh for the norwegians that have put their input into the research uh-huh. uh guinness is guinness? what i hear more often than okay not. Yeah, Belle Guinness. Uh, originally, she was born uh, Brunhild, I think. Brunhild. Yeah, Brunhild. Storseth. Exactly. Yeah. How do you pronounce the O with the fucking... Um, here's what was really funny. It. I was watching a documentary this week because it was one of those things where I'm like, I know a lot about Belganess, but I was like, I want to make sure that I know everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and they pronounced it in a way that I could not replicate or it, yeah, it was one of those things where they said it and I was like, that's none of those letters. Uh-huh. It's kind of like hearing French people say French words and reading them at the same time. And you're like, you only pronounced like two of those. <laughs> uh huh. So, yeah, it was it was like Strasser or something that sounded way more normal. Oh, 
Oh, okay. Yeah, it was very strange. I like this website has her occupation as murderer. Yeah, murderer. What's really interesting, too, is we know her as Belle Ganesse, but Ganesse was her second husband's last name. Mm -hmm. So she was a Sorensen for a long time after getting married uh, and potentially would have been married before that, too, in her Uh home country, where, I mean, to be honest, there's even theories about her moving and changing her name after she potentially faked her death. Uh Uh-huh. So I feel like even calling her Belle Ganesse is a weird misnomer. Like, it's what she kind of came to be known as, but... So she was married five times, right? Um, That I know of, yeah. Was she... Was that after moving here? Um, It's half and half. Okay. So back in Norway, and part of the the life that she had in Norway is not necessarily documented incredibly well. Uh-huh. Um, Cause it was the late 1800s. It was the late 1800s. That's the other thing too, is as we go through like some of the things that they're, they are able to document. I'm like, wow, good for you guys. No one was keeping track of that. Mm-hmm. You're doing your homework in, in Laporte, India. <laughs> uh, but in Norway, she allegedly uh, got pregnant out of wedlock. And then, there's debates as to whether or not she ended up marrying that guy uh-huh. or she didn't. Wait, how old was she at that time? She was a teenager. Okay. Um, but what we do know is that at some point, whether or not they were married or not, uh, he beat her almost to death and she miscarried. Okay. Um, I feel like that was just something that people did. Yeah. Oh, I then. mean, I feel like that was super common. It's, it's that, horrifying. That's how abortions were done. Yeah. I mean, they're like, we've got so many stairs and so little time. <laughs> Uh, I mean, coat hangers weren't even a thing yet. So yeah, that was kind of your option. Uh, and I realized this is a very dark conversation. When was the coat hanger invented? Oh gosh, I, you know, I don't know. I just said that, hmm. but I'm probably at some point because it would have to be a wire one. Yeah. And they probably started, they probably used wood ones or something, yeah. something that wouldn't be conducive to it. Or maybe they were just folding shirts. I mean... Oh. Who's to say? Yeah. Uh, but that allegedly she lost a child that way and okay. then uh, moved to America very shortly after um, for differing reasons. A lot of people, and I think the characterization of her is colored by what we know about her now, mm-hmm. where people are like, yeah, she moved to America to chase her fortunes. And I'm like, she was a single woman. No single woman moved anywhere to chase fortunes <laughs> at that time. Uh-huh. What are you talking about? I think she moved to escape the reputation she had in her hometown. Okay. So she wasn't trying to be like an Instagram model. No, I don't think so. I, I think she was just trying to, you know, escape the the kind of cloud that hangs over someone after they've been pregnant out of wedlock and then lost the baby mm. after being beaten half to death. So She didn't kill her first husband, though. She did. Oh, not that guy. Okay. No. She should have. Maybe, she should maybe have. Maybe it would have kept her from becoming a, a serial I mean, killer. maybe. I, I feel like she's a really interesting case where a lot of times with serial killers, we can point to things in their past that are kind of like red flags like oh this person's definitely going to kill a ton of people later on like <laughs> like richard ramirez had like uh-huh. a horrifying head injury that you're like yeah that's going to come back and bite us oh did he yeah as okay. a kid okay and he had an uncle who was a criminal that would like teach him things um or you've got like ed gein 
had some weird childhood experiences with his mom. Like, there's a lot of like, yeah, this mm-hmm. is gonna go badly. Some Norman Bates type stuff. Yeah, uh, Belle Gunness, not so much. She seems to have had a normal life up until that point. Um, but a lot of her crimes later on seem to characterize really a a disdain for men. Mm-hmm. Um, they become her primary targets. So, I mean, it could have contributed mm-hmm. for sure. I think this might be more of a nurture versus nature. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the first guy who she married when uh, she moved to the U.S., mm-hmm. that was uh, Sorensen? Yeah, Mad Sorensen. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess uh, he owned a store? They owned a candy store, uh, and they had two children. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they had four children total, but okay. two early on. Uh, that mysteriously died, and she was allowed to collect <laughs> the insurance policy on them. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Like with a lot of of serial killers, uh, like John Wayne Gacy, uh-huh. their first kill is an accident, uh-huh. and then they're just like, "Well, I've got to cover it up because I was doing something else wrong, and I guess <laughs> I'll kill them." Uh, and then they get like a taste for it. Uh-huh. Um, I think. Maybe the first one was an accident, and then she realized they would pay out insurance on them because that becomes her primary scheme. <laughs> and her first husband had two policies? That's the thing. So she kills those two kids. Uh-huh. Uh, she gets the policy off of them. She burns the candy store down, gets the insurance policy off the candy store. Um, supposedly, she may have tried to ensure that her husband was in the candy store at the time, but it actually worked out better for her that he wasn't because he did have two insurance policies that overlapped by one day. Uh And on that one day, he mysteriously had a heart attack, but they also found strychnine in his system. That's, oh man. Yeah. Not to say it would have been funnier if uh, she had uh, killed her children in a fire too, but she does that later. Make that phrase, a kid in a candy store. (laughs) A kid in a candy store. Yeah. A lot darker. Yeah. Kid in the candy store is worth roughly like $8,000. Cause that's the other thing too, is like she's killing people for insurance policies Uh that like in today's money, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. But back then, if you read the actual amounts, it's like Uh $4,000 and it seems shockingly low Uh for uh, killing someone. She was able to to move on really quickly. Like she didn't have yeah. any trouble finding new husbands, which is N- not at all. Um, she people just didn't read. People didn't read. Uh, they also her and her first husband had like a foster child uh-huh. from like another local family. Mm-hmm. She tried to stay primarily within like the Norwegian community. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of them in the Midwest at that time. A lot of them had emigrated over. Um, so she married next is Peter Ganes, mm-hmm. which is the one that she kind of keeps his name. There's some debate as to whether or not she used her first husband's insurance payout to buy the farm that would later become her murder farm. Okay. <laughs> uh, or if Peter Ganes, her second husband uh-huh. already owned it. Okay. Um, because there's some records that he was a hog farmer and it is a hog farm. Okay. Either way, they end up in LaPorte, Indiana on that farm. She's got two children from her previous marriage and their foster daughter. And I believe she and Peter are now pregnant with another child. Okay. Um, when all of a sudden Peter, uh, mysteriously dies. (laughs) Uh-huh. She claims that a meat grinder fell off a shelf 
and hit him in the head, causing him to fall into a vat of boiling water, scalding himself. Uh, but they also found strychnine in his system. So. And she also killed uh, his kid. She did, eventually, yeah. And um, she also killed their foster daughter. But she uh-huh. basically told people that she sent her away to a finishing school in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And the people never heard from her again until they found her body like 10 years later. And no one could check because it would it would take forever. Yeah, yeah. No of one course. could just, it would you take can't just send someone an email. Yeah, by the time that you actually wrote to this fictional finishing school and were like, is she enrolled? Uh-huh. Uh, by the time you got that information back, she's already skipped the country and uh-huh. no one knows where she is. Um, so she had killed at least by that point, about eight people. And that was before she even considered herself really getting started. Yeah, no, that's she's just ramping up at that point. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the crazy thing about it is at multiple points, she was investigated uh-huh. where they were like, oh, this seems weird, and then got off. How, though? People, was she charming? I don't know. She was considered to be very beautiful, although when we look at pictures of her now, it's like, <laughs> man... Wow. Like, I wish I was alive then, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, they really had not perfected glasses yet, apparently. Uh-huh. Um, she was also considerably large for the time. She mm-hmm. was six feet tall almost. Okay. Between five, nine, six feet, and weighed about 250 pounds, which is unheard of for women at that time. That, that was makes, an intimidating lady. Yeah, that makes you like a giantess. So the cops were just scared of her. I think there were people that were scared <laughs> of her. Um, but I think also it's a time where people died constantly. Like, I think one of the things that we forget about the time before modern medicine... Is the short lifespan. Is the short lifespan, uh-huh. where it's just like, yeah, somebody probably had died from a meat grinder falling on them. Like, somebody probably did accidentally ingest strychnine because it was a common farm chemical. And so I think like for her first husband, they ruled it uh, that he had had a heart attack, Uh which is potentially a side effect of strychnine poisoning. So that was the other thing too, is strychnine, which is rat poison. Uh It causes uh, essentially seizures and muscle spasms. Okay. So it's very easy for you to say like, oh, they hit their head while having a seizure. He'd had <laughs> seizures for years. Uh-huh. Or uh, for them to be like, I don't know, he collapsed and he died. Uh-huh. Because that's basically what would happen. Um, so, yeah, I think she had the benefit of a kind of deceiving set of symptoms on her side uh-huh. uh, and not a lot of technology uh, and people just be dying all the time. <laughs> and I think that's kind of how she got away with it uh-huh. a lot of the time. At this point is when Belle starts uh, getting bored, I guess. Uh, wait, what did I call I think she her? just needed money. Yeah, that is her name. Uh, yeah. So she, she got a... Uh, she started using technology to her benefit? I yes, guess the technology, technology of, the, of time. the time. Yeah, well, and, and I think it's honestly... You know, a woman without a husband was sort of limited at the time, but I think, I think Belle is probably a sociopath mm-hmm. and and doesn't necessarily want other people around. Mm-hmm. I think she just wants enough money to keep to herself. I feel like a lot of this story is her just trying to be left alone, uh-huh. <laughs> but needing the money to do so and not necessarily being able to have like a job to uh-huh. do so or own a business or, or own a business, any of it, all that stuff. 
women weren't allowed to do by right. themselves. Exactly. Uh, so at this point now, uh, she's on their farm in Laporte, Indiana, and the farm does okay. It's a hog farm specifically, mm-hmm. but they kind of need a little more money. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit, like enough to be comfortable. So in 1906, she started placing ads in papers, specifically Norwegian language papers all across the Midwest. Now, was she all out of kids at this point or did? No, she still has She was a single mom still. Yeah, she's a single mom at this point. How did she decide which ones she wanted to keep? Um, I think, so with Jenny, the one that she... The the older one that was kind of their foster kid, uh-huh. she kept her around until she started talking. Okay. <laughs> and okay. and I don't mean like physically talking. I mean like she was like 12 or uh-huh. so. Um, but she kept her around until uh, she, she was blabbed. old enough to snitch. Yes. Okay. And when she like talked to one of her friends, it was like, actually, my mommy killed my daddy. She was like, oh, you want to go to boarding school, <laughs> don't you? You want to go live on a farm, Jenny? Yeah. Well, and I already live of- on a farm. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're going to literally live in the farm. <laughs> uh, I think that's also something to note about, because she does have people help her out uh-huh. along the way. And they become very important kind of as the law finally finds out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people were like, well, why would you help her? And I'm like, she's scary. <laughs> Uh-huh. She's already killed eight people. You think she won't kill you? She'll kill anybody. Yeah. Like, of course she gets people to do what she wants. She will literally kill anyone. <laughs> she does not care. Uh-huh. Um, but her ad in 1906 read, I actually have the text from it. Uh, it says, personal, comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in the Port County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with a personal visit. Triflers need not apply. Damn, she knew what she wanted. Yep. She was like, I don't want no scrubs. Yes. And in a way, she was telling the truth. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like she had a fairly successful farm. She has a lot of acreage. She has a small fortune of her own. Uh She just knows that it's not going to last forever. The only thing she's not telling them is that she's going to kill them as soon as they arrive. Uh Um, Oh, that's so funny. She's she's like serious inquiries only. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, don't call me, don't text me, just show up. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And she had... Uh, let's see. I've got names of at least six. Uh, Ole Budsberg, Thomas Lidbo, Henry Gerhold, Olaf Svenerhood, uh, John Moe, mm-hmm. Olaf Lindblom, but most importantly, Andrew Hagelin. Okay. He's the one that kind of unravels everything. Mm-hmm. But she was doing this for like two years where she would put a personal ad out. Someone would answer it and she'd be like, come visit they would and i think she how was only one if these men were all pretty well connected how come only one of them uh one of their disappearances like rose suspicion i think it's because kind of like you said before it's like when she sent the girl off to the boarding school it's like how are you gonna check mm. your letter to even get there and check takes yeah, months true, true. any letter come back months they could have easily died in the middle of it yeah. who knows um, but what she would typically request is that they withdraw all their money uh-huh. and then come to visit her okay. or transfer it to her account Ugh. and then come to visit her. So smart. Um, Andrew was one of the only ones who didn't. And that's part of why she got caught. Okay. 
So what she would do is they would arrive and sometimes she would keep them around for a few days so that they wouldn't suspect her and so that she could make sure to withdraw all the money. Uh-huh. And then she would poison them with strychnine. And usually that would cause a coma. Occasionally it would cause full-on death. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they were incapacitated, she would usually bludgeon them. So their cause of death officially is usually blunt force trauma. I feel like that's sort of rare Very. for a lady killer. Um, a lot of these other uh, black widows, they would just let the poison do all yeah. the work. Well, what's even rarer is she used to dismember the bodies after. That's like no other female killer ever, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. It's typically only indicative of, I mean, that's a it's a male serial killer thing, typically, because mm-hmm. male serial killers tend to fall into like a handful of different categories Mm -hmm. the main two being product killer versus process killer Mm -hmm. product killers trying to get something from the body Mm -hmm. like uh like richard chase where he was trying to trinkets no more like i want to steal your blood or like jack the ripper where it's like i need your kidneys okay (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, or even like ted bundy who was occasionally a necrophiliac Mm -hmm. like whatever it is they're trying to get something from the body and killing is the only way that they can get it Mm -hmm. okay um a process killer is a person that is killing because they enjoy the act of killing. Right. And then they're left with the body and what do you do with it? Uh-huh. Those two will typically dismember bodies usually to hide them. Uh-huh. I mean, the pro- the product killer is going to dismember them to get the kidneys or whatever they want. Uh-huh. Uh, but the process one's going to dismember stuff to hide people. Mm-hmm. Um, but female serial killers usually don't do that. And in part because they can easily describe or disguise their murders as mm-hmm. accidents. Mm-hmm. You know, poison... But also, they just want the death to be done. They don't need yeah. to know that they did it. They Well, and here's the thing. I feel like with many, many, many female serial killers, if they could get money uh-huh. without the death, uh-huh. they would. Uh-huh. A lot of them are not in it for the death. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a few exceptions. Uh-huh. But for the most part, they're killing to get stuff. Mm-hmm. Money, guns, cars. Even Eileen Warnos is is killing for cars and money, mm-hmm. you know. So it's there. It's a very different motivation. It's kind of interesting that women are always characterized as like the more emotional gender, uh-huh. uh, and yet they are very unemotional when they kill. Right. But men, conversely, very emotional about uh-huh. their killing. Men are like, I want to paint the walls with your blood yeah. when I'm done. Like, why? I That's mean, just too much. Think about the spree <laughs> killers who are like, I'm an incel and I'm going to kill every woman because no uh-huh. one will fuck me. Yeah. That's the most emotional thing I've ever heard. Uh-huh. And these a bitches girl was just mean just like, to me once. Yeah. <laughs> and these ladies are just like, I need some money. So I've got all this rat poison. What do I do with it? Um, another kind of variation on this is like the angel of death, uh-huh. where people in the medical field, like nurses and doctors, mm-hmm. or uh, Munchausen's by proxy. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially, she's like the most extreme version of Munchausen's by proxy. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my God, you're so sick. Oh, too late, you're dead. <laughs> Uh, but so she would then kill them and dismember the body. And the reason that she dismembered the bodies was because she would spread them out across different graves. Huh. Okay. So that whenever they did find the bodies, they'd have to do a, a puzzle to yeah, they have eventually no idea. Uh, identify them. Yeah. That's why her body count is listed as anywhere between 14 to 40 because there's enough body parts for 40 people, but they can't assemble 40 <laughs> bodies. That's so fucked up. It's real terrible. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it's, it's bad. That's so, so smart. 
It's it's wild. I feel like smart. if she were alive today, she would have gotten away with it because she would have so many more like tools at her disposal. Yes. The fact that like she she was able to like because most people I feel like m- most of the people I've talked about so far already basically made no attempt to even hide what they yeah. did, and it still took a while to catch him. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and there's also some really interesting studies about female murderers almost exclusively used poison until the 1970s. Okay. Um, there are a couple exceptions, mm-hmm. but largely until the 1970s. And there's two theories as to why that changes. One theory is what's called the lead theory, mm-hmm. where um, that's the point at which lead emissions from gasoline reached an all-time high. So the 70s have our highest rates of murders in history. That's where we have our most serial killers, specifically in California. From and other, lead? Yeah. Making people crazy? Yes. From airborne lead poisoning. And it's specific to places that had high car counts, like Los Angeles and New York. Oh, my God. So it's, it's a really interesting theory. It's not necessarily provable, but it's, it's interesting to know. I think there's a different reason, and that's in the 1970s, we started to develop forensic testing for poisons. Uh-huh. And you couldn't hide them as easily anymore. Oh. So I think people adapted. Okay. But I feel like either one could be an explanation. Okay. Yeah. Well, she also killed, she killed a bunch of kids. She killed a bunch of kids. She, well, she ends up killing, she kills a lot of people like in one fell swoop at the mm-hmm. end. So at this point, while she's kind of having these suitors come visit, she hires a groundskeeper named Ray Lenfear. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, in some reports, quote unquote, falls in love with her. Okay. Um, I don't think he did. I think he was scared of her. He fell in fear of her. Yeah, because she's scary. Yeah. <laughs> She'll kill people. He's helped her do it. And he she used to make him bury the bodies sometimes too. Ugh. Um, and so allegedly they had kind of a falling out. I think he was getting paid well. He was probably getting paid pretty well. Huh? I think he was probably getting paid pretty well. Um, she started spreading rumors about him that he was harassing her and that he had it out for her and that he wanted to kill her Mm -hmm. and one of the last things he did for her was he picked up a new housekeeper from the train station to bring to the house okay Uh uh-huh and the new housekeeper was female which was very unusual she never hired women she would always hire like men handymen and then surprise you're dead (laughs) um he said that he didn't necessarily suspect it at the time um, but days later, the Gunnis farm caught on fire mm-hmm. and burned literally to the ground, to mm-hmm. the foundation. And in the cellar, they found the charred bodies of three children and then a headless corpse believed at the time to be Bell Gunnis. Mm-hmm. But. Remember, Bella did they was even six make? Feet. Did he make sure the housekeeper was like a tall woman as well? No, like? she had hired the housekeeper. Okay, and I think she figured people just weren't going to check mm. um, because the housekeeper was only about five foot two. That's funny. Yeah, so she there's a very disparate height between the two of them, and they also she had a handyman staying in the house when it burned down who escaped. Oh Jesus! And she didn't even warn the guy. She didn't even warn the guy. <laughs> I think she just didn't care. Uh-huh. Um and do you think he knew? He, I don't think he did. He escaped though. Can you imagine? Yeah, there's also one of the suitors escaped. Okay. So he woke up in the middle of the night. Th- he was one of the ones where she'd let it go a couple days. Uh-huh. He woke up in the middle of the night to her standing over his bed staring at him. 
And he was like, I am out of here. And I was like, good job. Good call. Uh, so he lived. Uh, the handyman escaped the fire, uh-huh. um, but all, almost didn't. Like, he barely made it out. And, of course, Ray, upon finding out that the, the farm had burned down, comes to the fire. Everyone in town came there, mm-hmm. and everyone immediately blamed Ray. Mm-hmm. They immediately thought it was him. Because she'd been planting seeds that he was some kind of psychopath. Mm-hmm. The whole time. And he was tried and convicted of arson. Mm-hmm. He was initially convicted of murder, f- specifically of her and the kids. Uh, but it was overturned when it was discovered that that was not Belle Gunness's body. Because, I mean, obviously height difference. And then later on, DNA tests have been inconclusive. But he still died in prison. So he still died in prison. A lot of good it did him. Yeah, you know. Uh before dying, and I think once they found all the other bodies, they were mm-hmm. like, you were involved. You get to stay in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, before dying, he confessed that Belle had told him of her plan to fake her death. Mm-hmm. So she did not die in that fire. And no one exactly knows what happens to her after, except there is a rumor that she assumed a different identity and continued to kill in California. Oh. She reemerged as Esther Carlson. There's okay. some debate. Um, some research, some re- researchers have said there's no way that's possible. She definitely, like Esther Carlson, definitely had a life before that. Uh-huh. However, there are some intersections of timelines, which mean that either Belle could have just taken over her identity uh-huh. or Belle could have killed her and assumed her identity because in death, they look almost identical. And even as like old women, it looks like her and they're the same age. I'd watch that movie. I would too. It's one of those like, like Anastasia and the Romanoff style <laughs> mysteries. Um, but it's very likely that even if she was Esther Carlson, she died uh, many, many years ago. And if she wasn't Esther Carlson, they would have been great friends. Oh, yeah. Because they, they killed each other. In, or they killed people in very much the same way. Because mm-hmm. Esther Carlson was also a poisoner. They were like soulless mates. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny that people are like, well, they both poisoned people. I was like, every woman poisoned people <laughs> at the time. What are you going to do? If men weren't beating, all men weren't beating their wives. Yeah, exactly. Less of them would have gotten poisoned. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's Belle Guinness. Amazing. So, a mystery for the ages. And the uh, the American dream. I know. Oh, and this is why when you first put out the call for like, who are the best, like four different people were like, Belganess. Uh-huh. Because she's kind of the godmother of the female serial killer as we know it in America today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was the, uh, the prototypical black widow yeah except that she dismembered people yeah she she made she made shit happen she knew what she wanted and she went out and got it (laughs) she mailed away and then it came to her (laughs) she was like she was like postmate oh my gosh she's like the The first postmates of death dick on demand like she (laughs) was ordering away it's like you know tinder before technology Uh uh-huh yeah and and just like uh with Tinder, you never know if you're going to get murdered. Yeah, this I mean, the modern version of this would just be like Craigslist misconnections. <laughs> <laughs> and then you show up and they're like, surprise. And also missing connections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paige. Yes. This was fun. This was fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for, uh, for talking to me. Of course. Thanks for having me on. That was episode eight. If you're loving the show so far, stop by iTunes, leave a rating and a review. It really does help a lot. Helps new people find the show. And if you want to support with a buck or two, 
or five a month, stop by patreon.com slash K-A-I-C-H-O-Y-C-E. That's patreon.com slash Kai Choice. Join the Women Who Kill Illuminati. Get access to uh, bonus content, free merch, good things, and uh, support the show while you're doing it. Other than that, thanks again for listening. See you next week.